Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. So my kids were raised in the church. We were always at church. Every day of the week, we were at church. Even now, every day of the week, we're still at church. We're always at church. So it's easy for children who are always at church to, or who is always in the temple to believe that they are Christians because they're always at church. Or they think because mom and dad has a relationship with the Lord, then you have a relationship with the Lord. Only for them to come to find out, I've watched it over and over and over now, for them to come to find out that you have to have a relationship with the Lord. Your children have to come to know God for themselves. And there, I'll wait while you clap your hands there. And there's a time that your kids are covered. There's There's a covering period. I'm not real sure. People say, well, it's the age of 13. I don't know when it is. That's real speculation. I don't know when it is. It's probably when God knows your kid knows. That might be 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. But some of y'all grow up real slow, 30, 31, 32. (laughs) Some of y'all real slow, but, but God has grace. Hallelujah. Yes, he does. Somebody better clap their hands like you know what I'm talking about. You see, but there's a covering period. That's my point. And I don't know when that is and neither do you. But everybody has to come to God for themselves. Somebody once said God doesn't have any grandchildren, only sons and daughters. Right? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, in the case of Samuel, think about it. Hannah had max four years to talk to him about the Lord and to teach him about the things of God. Listen, never, never, never underestimate the capacity of a child to know God. I would even say children are more open to spiritual things than adults because children aren't burdened with the cares of this world. Children have an enormous imagination and the capacity to dream huge. And God uses their enormous imagination and capacity to dream huge for his glory. The largest percentage of kids, did you know, they get saved before 14 years of age. Uh, Gallup poll surveyed showed that 19 out of 20 people became Christians before the age of 25, actually. Billy Graham did another study that said that 14, before the age of 14, the largest number of children Uh, give their lives to Christ. And then the older you get, the harder it is for you to come to know the Lord. There's something very, very strategic, good word, in today is the day of salvation. There's something very strategic in that word. It really is. 
Because it gets harder the older you get. After 25, one in 10,000 will become believers. At 35, one in 50,000. At 45, one in 200,000. At 55, one in 300,000. At the age of 75, one in 700,000 people come to Christ. Remember last week I gave you 10 takeaways regarding children? Remember those? And uh, we had a great time last week, didn't we? Ten takeaways regarding children. I'm going to give you a few more. Maybe you want to add to your list. We're going to call this one number 11, talking about children. Jesus loves children. Say amen. Amen. That's a good takeaway. Jesus loves all the little children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white. Y'all are in an active bunch tonight, ain't y'all? y'all? They're precious, Pastor. They're precious in his sight. <laughs> it's true. Jesus loved the little children of the world. And if there's one thing you can't miss in the life and the ministry of Jesus is his love for children. Many miracles in the Bible were done on behalf of children. John chapter 4, the nobleman's son is sick and dying and Jesus healed the boy. Mark 9, Jesus off the Mount of Transfiguration, a young child possessed with a demon, Jesus healed him. Mark 5, Jerry's daughter who was 12 years old, Jesus said she was dead and Jesus said Talitha Kumai brought her back from the dead and then Jesus said give her something to eat. Don't ever get in the way of a kid coming to Jesus. At the same time, don't be like Eli and allow your children to sin. I hear a lot of talk about people allowing their children to choose their religion nowadays. <laughs> Did y'all hear me? Houston, we have a problem. That is a problem. You help your kids to choose Christ by teaching them when they're young and teaching them when they're in the womb. Even Jewish mommies... If you have a baby in your womb, Jewish mommies would rub their stomach and say, the Lord our God is one God. The Lord our God with the baby in the womb. The Lord our God is one God. Even from the womb, the child is hearing, the Lord our God is one God. The Lord our God. So then when the mom gives birth to the baby, the baby already understands the Lord our God is one God. The Lord our God is one God. You guys start to speak the word over your children. And tell them, help them. You don't leave them to choose their own way and to go about their own devices. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will what? Serve the Lord. Here's another takeaway. Don't belittle your children. Hmm. Don't say things that will injure them because you don't know if you're raising a Samuel, a Deborah, an Esther, a David a Jeremiah, a Daniel, a John the B, a Billy Graham, a Chuck Smith. You don't know. Don't put your kids down. And don't be a hypocrite in front of them, number 13. Don't talk one way at church, another way at home. And love, number 14, love and discipline your children. Don't be cruel and harsh. Your kids know you love them even if it does hurt them more than it hurts you. Amen. Love and discipline them. Number 15, don't let your children manipulate you. 
I'm just giving you some stuff I learned over the years. You can take it and leave it. Don't let your children manipulate you. I would suggest you take this one. Don't, don't let your children manipulate you. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you a little secret about kids. Kids, kids have learned, and they do learn very quickly, how to crack the code. You ought to write this stuff down. This is good. I'm telling you, you're going to be blessed. They learn how to crack the code. For some parents, kids, they learn based on, you know, your history and how you mobile with them and interact with them. They learn stop means I can continue to do that. Because when you say stop, you don't do nothing about it. Where you at? I'm going to ask you to stand right where you are. Where you at? (laughs) Just kidding. Stop means I can continue to do that. Well, you better not make me come over there means I got 15 more minutes to continue. (laughs) The eyes of death, veins popping out of your neck means they are getting ready to see Jesus. (laughs) They know that. They got you all figured out. They cracked the code. They know how to get around with what they need to get around with, how to manipulate and how to manipulate mom and dad. They go to mom and ask something and mom says no. They go dad and dad, mom said it was up to you. <laughs> Y'all ain't hearing me. <laughs> they know how to do that stuff. So you got to be unified in the home. Parents, you have to be unified in the home. Don't let your children manipulate you. And if there's any hope for our nation, listen. If there's any hope for this nation that we live in, the hope for this nation is in the building right next to this one. The hope is in those 600 plus children in the children's ministry. And I'm not sure what hope they have in America, but I know there's no hope for America without them knowing Jesus. Right? And, and, and we clap, don't we? And, and we, 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 we like that statement. But what do we do about it? What are we doing about it? Why do we have to have a children's ministry appeal? One of the priorities in any of my project is to have more classrooms and a better tracking system for the kids and so we can keep them safe, so we can have a better place to minister to them. So it's one thing to sit here and clap about the hope is in the children, and it's another thing to put some feet to our faith and put some doing to our hands and do something. Help them. Help them to know Jesus. Do whatever you can to help them to know Jesus. Go clean the bathrooms. Stock the shelves. Walk up to Miss Claire and say, Miss Claire, do you need help? Whatever. I'll sweep the floor. Whatever. I'll sweep the floor and people are not here. Give me a key. Give me a coat. I'll come in here and I'll do it. There's a guy who does that, by the way. He's been doing it for 
I, I can't imagine how many years. I'm generally here at six on a Saturday morning. I'm generally here. He's here before that. Now they're stocking the shelves and doing, he's been doing it for years. What a witness and a testimony. I don't even know if he's in here now. Great is your reward in heaven. That's ah, one thing to talk about, another thing to do something about it. All right, look at verse 4 and 5. Samuel thought Eli was calling him, and Samuel would run and say, Eli, here am I. Listen, there were others in the Bible that God called, and they said, here am I. Write this down, Genesis 22, 1. Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Genesis 46, 2. Jacob, Jacob, and he said, here I am. Exodus 3, 4, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Isaiah 6, 8, God said, what shall I send? Who shall I send? And he said, what? Here am I, send me. Acts 9, 10, God spoke to Annas, and he said, here I am, Lord, send me. Send me. Tone is everything. You know, I believe when God called Samuel, it wasn't like, Samuel, an earthquake and the temple shook. Could have been like, but I don't think so. Like when God called Abraham, uh, Adam, 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 where are you? Adam, where you at? (laughs) Or Adam, where are you? David called Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth thought he was going to, y'all like Mephibosheth who? Mephibosheth, <laughs> y'all thought I was speaking in tongues, didn't you? No, I'm not speaking that. I'm not speaking that. I don't have that gift. And uh, Mephibosheth, and um, he was in uh, Jonathan's son, and uh, Jonathan died, and David and Jonathan made a pact with each other. They would take care of each other's family should something happen to the other. And then Jonathan died, and David called for Mephibosheth to want to bless him. And I'm sure when uh, David found Mephibosheth in Lodabar, in Lodabar, and I'm sure that when, when, when they told Mephibosheth, King David wants to see you, he probably thought, oh, man, is my will in place? He probably, and then he comes in, he sees King David, he probably backs in, teeth chattering, knees knocking, palms sweating, and he hears a tender voice of David, Mephibosheth. I don't think David said, Mephibosheth! I can't get mad. I'm trying to like get stern, I can't. <laughs> Mephibosheth! It's still not working. <laughs> I don't think it was like that. I think when God called Samuel, I think it was like Samuel. Samuel. Soft, gentle, small, tender voice. God spoke to Elijah in 1 Kings 19, 11 through 13. He said on the screen, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. 
And after the fire, what saints? A still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in a mantle and he went out and he stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, what doest thou here, Elijah? God speaks in a still small voice, Samuel, Samuel, Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I am God. Habakkuk or Habakkuk 2.20, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Now we see this word arose in verse six. Please look at it. And also in verse eight, we see the word arose. When God speaks to you in the middle of the night, arise, get up and listen. I can't tell you how many times God has spoken to me in the middle of the night. And sometimes God wants you to get out of that bed, walk down those steps and bury your face and your hands in a sofa and say, here am I, speak to me. Sometimes if you really want to hear God, you got to arise. But even before that, you got to be listening. People aren't listening. Does anyone listen anymore? The story is told of Franklin Roosevelt, who often endured long receiving lines at the White House. And he complained that no one really paid any attention to what he said. So one day during a reception, he decided to try an experiment. To each person who came down the line and shook his hand, he murmured, I murdered my mother-in-law this morning. (laughs) Well, the guests responded with phrases like, marvelous, keep up the good work. We're proud of you. God bless you, sir. It was not till the end of the line while greeting the ambassador from Bolivia that his words were actually heard and unruffled. The ambassador leaned over and whispered, I'm sure she had it coming. (laughs) The Lord, in verse 8, And nine, the Lord called and said, Samuel again, and he goes to Eli, here am I. I know you called me. Eli says, Samuel, that's Jehovah talking to you, son. Go lie down, and if you hear the voice again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. In verse nine, Samuel lays back down and probably harder to go back to sleep this time. Look at verse 10. Now the Lord came and stood. Are you looking at verse 10? The Lord came and stood and called at, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. And then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning the house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile and did not restrain them. And he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offerings forever. And so, let me read the rest and I'm going to take care of this. So Samuel lay down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he answered, here I am. And he said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please don't hide it from me. God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he said to you. 
And then Samuel told him everything and he had nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. So Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. And then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh. We'll go there when we go to Israel in 2013. I'll try to make sure we go there. The Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. So verse 10, sure enough, the Lord appeared again. This time the Lord stood, look at verse 10, stood and called Samuel, Samuel, speak for your servant hears. Notice this time, Samuel, Samuel. It seems Samuel got nervous and he said, speak for your servant hears. Notice he didn't say speak what? Lord. He said, speak for your servant hears. Verse 11, then God spoke and said, I will do something in Israel at which both fascinating, at which both ears of everyone will tingle. Write this down. Second Kings 21, 21. Jeremiah 19.3 talks about catastrophe and calamity coming on Israel. Everybody's ears are going to tingle. Catastrophe and calamity coming on Israel and everybody's ears are going to tingle. So the tingling ear speaks of judgment. Both ears tingling is shocking judgment. Notice Samuel says, speak, Lord. Here's why your servant hears. Question, when you come to church, are you saying, speak, Lord? When you come to women's Bible study, men's Bible study, youth group, credo, small group, are we saying, speak, Lord? Or are we just here? I mean, really, even tonight, did you come into the sanctuary and say, speak, Lord? Why did you come tonight? Did you come saying, Lord, I need to hear a word? This is the one singular reason to come to church. And if you do not come to church because you really want God to speak to you, then why are you coming to church? I'm not trying to send you away, but I'd be wrong to tell you anything different. The only reason to come to church is because you speak, Lord. I need to hear a word from God. You don't come to church because you're trying to learn a new worship song. Come to church because you didn't have anything else to do. You come to church because, you know, just come and see what's going on on Wednesday night. No. You come to church to hear from God. Are you listening? You don't come to church to critique church. I know there's nobody in this room for that. I'm, I'm just talking. You don't come to church to critique church. Oh, I, I'm, I, 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 let me check this place out to see what's going on up in here. You don't come to church for that reason. Don't do that. Because you're coming for the wrong reason. You're probably going to miss something very important that God has to say to you, you can be sitting right in the sanctuary and miss the word of the Lord. Why do you come? 
Are you saying, speak, Lord? Do you come with your neck stretched out? Like, God, what do you want to say? I'm really listening. What do you want to say? That's the only reason to come to church. I just got to hear a word from God. I, I need a word from God. Encourage my heart. Encourage my spirit. My wife just left me. My husband doesn't like me. Um, you know, I've got problems at home. The kids are nuts. The kids are nuts. The kids are nuts. I need a word from God. That's why you come to church. Speak, Lord. Go ahead and say that. Say, speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. That's why you come to church. Expecting a word from God. And if you come expecting God to speak, he will. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.